This is Wrestling for the Faith. Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey. I'm Jonna. What? Wait a minute. What'd you do with Chad? I don't have any cool nicknames like Chad. (laughs) I can sound like Triple H when I'm mad. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, folks. A little bit different here today. I have my beautiful wife, Jonna, with me. Uh, and we're going to uh, to get into the reason why she is here, here in just a moment. First, let me go ahead and throw out some announcements before we forget, before we get into the meat of our conversation. So this Sunday, July 3rd, I want to invite everyone out to Christian Outreach. The address is 205 Rabbit Valley Road, Cleveland, Tennessee. At 6 p.m., we're going to be having an outdoor service, uh, and then we're going to be, uh, you know, roasting hot dogs, and then at dark, we'll be doing fireworks. So uh, everybody, come out, join us, bring the family, and uh, just enjoy a good time. That is this Sunday, July 3rd at 6 p.m. Also, Saturday, July 9th, Global Wrestling Ministries returns to... McDonald, Tennessee at the McDonald Community Center. That is 130 McDonald School Road in McDonald, Tennessee. Bell time is 7 p.m. And the doors open at 6. Uh, the tickets are only $5, so be sure to come out to that. GWM back in McDonald Saturday, July 9th. Also, August 12th through the 14th, the Remnant Youth Retreat at Camp Agape in Benton, Tennessee. Youth ages 12 to 18 are welcome, and we do still have some spots available. And uh, so if you would like to sign your child up for this retreat, uh, we are looking forward to a great time in the Lord. We're looking forward to uh, the Lord saving souls and really uh, doing a mighty work in uh, in this generation, we we feel called uh, to really uh, instill a Daniel three mentality into into the children of today, and let them know that even though that there there's going to be times that um, this world is coming at them, and this world is trying to make them bow uh, to its gods, uh, but. We don't have to. We can stand firm and know that our God, Yahweh, is going to provide and he is going to bring us through the fire. So uh, that is Friday, August 12th through Sunday, August 14th at Camp Agape in Benton, Tennessee. Remnant Youth Retreat, ages 12 to 18. If you would like more information or to sign up your child, email us at wrestlingforthefaith.com at gmail.com and one more August 25th through 27th the Man Up Conference in Fort Mill, South Carolina uh, the Russian Nightmare Nikita Koloff the Total Package Lex Luger the Benham Brothers uh, and uh, a whole lot of other great uh, speakers at this conference Uh, We would like to invite you to come and be a part of it. Men, we encourage you to come and and join us at this conference. It's going to be a great time in the Lord. 
and uh, I know that you will be blessed. Uh, for registration and more information, go to MorningStarMinistries.org. All right, so all the announcements are out of the way, and now we can get right into the meat of the conversation. And honey, this is the first time that I have had you on the Wrestling for the Faith podcast. Yes. <laughs> Very nervous. You're <laughs> a little nervous, a little soft-spoken. I know, I know. I might stutter. And and that's okay. <laughs> um, you're here for a good reason, and, and the Lord is doing something great in you, and you have a story that uh, needs to be told, especially right at this very moment. Um, and I believe that uh, I believe that the Lord is going to use it to touch people's lives. So uh, I just want to give a little bit of background. Um, me and you actually got together. I remember the first time that I saw you. <laughs> I'm not going to go into all the detail, but. Uh, I was at a softball game and I saw you running the bases and I fell in love. And you knew, knew you had to chase me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we actually did. We ended up getting together a little after that. And uh then I was an idiot and let you go. Um so glad this is on recording. <laughs> yeah, I was an idiot, let you go and, and went out and did my uh, stupid teenager boy thing. And uh, so during the time that we were split up, we, we come back together in 2009. And, uh, you know, we had we had some rocky times there at the beginning, but we both gave our hearts to the Lord in 2012. And, and uh, you know, he's done mighty works in us and in our family since then. Uh, but... During the time that we were split up from uh, high school, from the time we were 15 or 16 up until we come back together, um, you had uh, got into a relationship with someone else, and that was a, a rough relationship and a hard relationship. And so you had... Uh, Riley. Mm -hmm. And then uh, there was a time, how long, how old was Riley when you got pregnant again? Mm, she wasn't even a year old. Okay. So um, you had Riley and then before she was a year old, you got pregnant again. And now... Take me through what was going through your mind during this time. Um, a lot. I was working two jobs, taking care of her, um, and two jobs as like full time, not just part time. Um, when I actually told him that I was pregnant, I knew it was going to be traumatic because. When I was pregnant with Riley, it was already a rocky start. But when he found out it was a girl, that's when it got physical and more emotional and mental abuse. Um, so 
when I found out I was pregnant the second time, I really didn't even know how far along I was because stress and working so much, I didn't even realize I had missed two periods. I thought I'd only missed one. Um, and I remember taking a pregnancy test and it was positive. And I remember um, telling him about it. And of course he wasn't happy. And neither, and honestly, I wasn't happy um, because it, it just wasn't a good thing. And I remember um, going to a place in Cleveland called the New Hope Pregnancy Center. <clears throat> and I remember filling out papers. And uh, I remember checking the box about abortion. It just asked you, like, do you want to know about abortion? And they gave me a pregnancy test, and it was positive. And then I told them I had to go to work, which I didn't. Um, I ended up just going home because I just didn't know what to do at that point. So when you went to New Hope Pregnancy Center, uh, you said that they had some paperwork, and you filled out and you checked the box that you wanted to know about abortion. But when they... Did they have anybody talk to you? Yeah, like, it had, like, um, do you want to keep the baby? Is there adoption? Like, it had all, like, everything laid out for you. Um, she did try to talk to me. I don't remember the lady's name. Um, she did try to talk to me and counsel me and figure out what my situation was. So... Do you recall some of the things that she was saying during that time? Not really. I think it was just mostly like, um, how far along are you? You know, what kind of lifestyle I was living? Not like biblically or nothing like that. Just, I think, digging deep as in, was I in a bad relationship or just a young teen pregnancy? Mm -hmm. So... She was trying to steer you away from abortion. Mm -hmm. Now, this was the first time that that had ever come about, right? But had it ever, like with Riley, did that ever cross your mind in the beginning? No. um, And I was on birth control with Riley. Um, So when I found out I was pregnant, I was was excited. But I was very fearful, too. But I never thought about abortion. So when this one comes along and you just you feel like you're already in a rocky relationship and what I've already I'm already working two jobs. I'm already um, having to take care of one baby. If it wasn't more the physical, emotional that I was going through, maybe I wouldn't even went that way. But I knew all the hell that I went through with Riley being pregnant that. I didn't think maybe I would even come out alive or if she would, or the baby. Hmm. So uh, how long from the time that you went and visited New Hope uh, did you go to the abortion clinic? It was quickly. So within days or? Maybe weeks, maybe a couple weeks. Um, I remember talking to the father and he was 100% on board. Um, 
he didn't try to steer me away. He actually went and got a loan and got the money. Um, he didn't go with me. Um, so I just kind of felt, I guess, like I was, it was on me. Okay. So you went to an abortion clinic and I've never, I've heard the stories. Um, and there's so many out there who have never actually been through the process, uh, but they support it or say that they support it. Um, but they've actually never been in the actual process of going to the clinic and going through what they have to go through. Tell me exactly when you go in. Um, now, how old were you? I had just turned 20 because it was, I think, two weeks after I turned 20. Okay. So you go to you go to the abortion clinic and. Do you remember what day it was on? Mm-hmm. It was uh, June 19th, 2007. Hmm. I used to keep the uh, actually keep the receipt. In my wallet. But it I kept it so long that it faded. Like it, it's white. Any reason that you kept it? I don't know. So you go into the clinic. Take me through what happens there as soon as you walk in the door. Oh, uh, go in, sign in. They tell me to sit down. They'll call my name. And it was minutes. And they called me back, asked me if I knew how far along I was. I told them I didn't know how far along I was. Um, I knew I had just missed at least one period. And uh, then they put me into another room with some other women. And in this room, there's probably 12 or 15 of us in there. So you're in a room with 12 to 15 other women. And what's going on in the in the circle or um, some are very quiet. Some are just um, like it's it's an everyday normal thing for them. Um, I, I remember there was one lady. And. But I guess she got to take a pill that. You take and. I guess she was just so early along, kind of like a morning after pill, but it's a little bit longer. Um, so it just like an induced miscarriage. Or yeah, something. I guess. Um, so. She was talking about it like it wasn't no big deal. Can't wait to pass it and go back out the door. So at that point, I'm I'm thinking. Like, like I've told you before, you know, I never really researched abortion. Um, back then, I mean, we had computers, but we didn't have Google at our hands. Um, so I really thought that the baby that was inside of me wasn't far enough to even be anything. So what happens next? How long did you sit there in that waiting room? Uh, not very long. I don't remember how long, but it wasn't very long. Um, Before you get to that, how much did you pay? I think it was 600 and something dollars. And did you pay that up front or did you pay after? I paid then. Like when I signed in. When you signed in. Mm-hmm. So it was I, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure. 
No, maybe not. Because on my receipt, it told me how far along I was. So it had to have been after. Okay. So anyway, they call you back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to, like when you go to the OBGYN, you have to get undressed. But I only had to be undressed like halfway. Bottom, of course. Mm-hmm. So you lay up on a table. Yeah, I lay on a table. Um, the doctor comes in. He's just straight to the point, um, getting everything ready. I don't see, I see a screen, but I don't see it. He pulls it up to him. I can't see anything on that screen. And it, when they pull it up, it looks like it's an ultrasound machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a nurse at my head. And there's two nurses with him. And um, he goes to insert inside. And uh, I remember looking at the nurse because I hear something. And she tells me it's okay. And I tell her it's not okay. Because I hear the heartbeat, and I ask him to stop. Mm. And she says that it's too late that he's already started. And I just remember laying there, squalling. And in pain. And was there anything that you remember, like, uh, how long did it take? It didn't take long. And did you, did you ever see anything? Mm-mm. No. But you did hear a heartbeat? Mm-hmm. So, just going through this again, like, you go sign in, and they don't take you through any counseling. No. Uh -uh. They don't ask you any questions. Mm -mm. They don't ask you, are you sure? Mm -mm. No. It's just pretty much, hey, you know how much this is, and we'll do what needs to be done. Mm Mm-hmm. So, after a short amount of time, they're done. Mm-hmm. And after he's finished, then what? Um, they walk me out to my car. And I had to have somebody drive me. And so, you go home and then it's just back to... Normal. Mm-hmm. Now, I know for a long, long time, and this is actually the most in depth that me and you have ever talked about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, you know, been married 
uh, since 2011. And well, I think I just told you, well, a tent revival. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. For for years, I didn't even have any clue about it. And then we were at a, a tent revival one night and the Holy Spirit moved on you. And I don't even remember if anyone had said anything about abortion or mm-hmm. what the what the situation was, but I remember the Spirit moving on you and you standing and, and sharing that and, you know, looking over at me and Riley and saying, sorry that y'all didn't know this. But, um, and then, you know, we've kind of had a couple of little surface conversations about it, but we've never went in depth like we are right now. Mm-hmm. So... From the time you were 20 until now, you've been carrying this around. And how do you think it has it affected you? Yeah. Because even even after changing our life around and everything, um, you know, you, you have seen on TV where even the Christians at the abortion clinics are screaming, your murders and um, your killing babies and all that. I was always afraid that if I came clean with it, that I guess they would throw daggers at me, even though I've asked for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So you were afraid that the church, the Christians, mm-hmm. would would reject you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one thing that we've talked about recently with last week, the ruling to overturn uh, Roe from 1973. Um, there have been a lot of people who claim to be Christians uh, who, like you said, stood outside abortion clinics and yelled and screamed and, called people murderers and told them they were going to hell and um, stuff like that. And they, they put a bad stain on the body of Christ. Um, And, you know, for anyone out there listening, I I just want people to know and understand that that's not the true love of God. Um, Yes. Your abortion was wrong. Yes. It was sin in God's eyes, but uh, when you truly repented of it, um, you were forgiven, mm. you know, and that goes for anyone out there who has been in that position before. Um, when you, when you repent, ask forgiveness, you turn to Jesus. Um, it's completely wiped away. It's completely gone. Um, the enemy will continue to try to bring up that condemnation to make you fall, to make you hindered in your walk with God. Uh, but just know that you can be forgiven and, and you can be transformed and you can be used by God. Just like right now you are doing, sharing this on the podcast. And, you know, we've talked about that for a while. Um, I've mentioned it to you, sharing your story, and you've never felt quite ready. And uh, 
then with all that's been going on concerning abortion, it's like the Lord says the time is now. Well, I think the Lord was already preparing me. Um, because if you remember about a month ago, I wrote out my story mm-hmm. and sent it to you. I mean, now we've not physically talked about it, but I just sent it to you. Yeah. Um, so I think he was already preparing me for that. And I, I believe that he was preparing you over a month ago when you actually wrote that out because that was the, that was the first time you'd ever like actually put it down on a piece of paper for yourself mm-hmm. to look at, right? Yeah. And to remember and to relive. Yeah. And uh, so I think the Lord knowing the future, I honestly believe that it, it was he had you, he was preparing you for that for this very time when this uh, when this ruling would be overturned and when there would be so many out there who um, are on both sides of the fence and they don't know which way to turn because uh, if we look out in our world, there's there's so many, so much hate going both ways and, and that should never be from the Christian side. Yes, we stand for truth. Yes, we don't compromise the word, but uh, everything that we say should be in love and compassion and mercy. Uh, but from the other side, there's a whole lot of hate. And, uh, you know, people who are just saying that this should just be a normal part of life and and how now with Roe being overturned, um, you're forcing women to have children. And, I mean... The most of the arguments are not even logical, but either way, uh, I believe that the Lord was preparing you for this uh, so that you could share this story right now. Um, so back to how it's affected you over the last several years, what do you What do you think, uh, other than being afraid of what Christians would say? I mean, not even Christians, just people in general. I mean, because it's wrong. Um, I don't understand how anybody can say it's even right, because it's a human being. You know, I was eight weeks that's what they t- that's what they put on my receipt that I was eight weeks. Um, full heartbeat. I mean, you can hear a heartbeat, I think, four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's affected me in a lot of ways. Um, I am more careful with the kids. And I think, you know, I, I know I've been more blunt with them about things, you know, because they knew about the abortion. But I told the girls because I didn't want them to ever go through the stuff that I went through. Um, I, d- I don't think they knew about the molestation at 14, but I know they knew about the rape. Um, but I think sometimes even being 
close to you is has affected it. Um, maybe because I had so much hate towards myself for what I did. Um, um. Let me clarify that. You, you're talking about a molestation that happened at 14. Mm-hmm. A rape that happened at, was that 15? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're not talking about the rape that, no. that caused the pregnancy no. for the abortion. No. So the rape was a totally separate yeah. thing. You're just talking about what you have talked to our girls about and tried to steer them in the right direction, letting them know the things that are out there that could uh, possibly come their way and that they need to steer clear of. Yeah. So what do you have to say to anyone out there who would be considering an abortion? Talk to somebody that's been through it 100%. Um, that has been truly affected. I mean, there is people out there that think that it's no big deal. Like, go get pregnant and go through all that turmoil. And I, I don't understand that at all. You know, they... um, And I, I may be looking at it wrong, but, you know, they say, well, what if they're raped? I understand that is a horrible situation. I've been there. I've done that. But I think it would be more traumatic if they were pregnant and then went through what I went through. Mm-hmm. Either way, either way, you were pregnant. Either way, that's that baby is there. So why not give it a living chance and give it up for adoption or a family member or somebody that cares for them? Either way, that baby is still there. Why put yourself through that? Because as you are saying, and I, I've I've heard it from so many others just listening to different people's testimonies who have done it, like we've talked about. There are those out there who they're just flat out demonic and they enjoy it. Uh, some actually uh, try to get pregnant just so that they can have an abortion. Um, you know, the the satanic temple i believe it is calls abortion a uh, a woman's religious sacrifice um so but for those who like in your situation who just felt like i'm in a rocky relationship um i don't need another mouth to feed i don't need to bring another child into this situation um there are a lot of those out there, a lot who felt like they didn't have another place to turn. They didn't have another option. And from every one of those, I'm not talking about the demonic ones and the ones who just enjoy doing it for fun. Um, but but every one of those I, that I have heard stories from, they have, even if they are not Christians, uh, they still say that it affected them and that it has 
they have carried a guilt with them uh, for however many years. So it does affect you, whether you think at the time that it does or not. Um, And I know for you, you know, you said that you come out of the abortion and went back to life as usual. uh, But you also, uh, during that time, there was a lot of substance abuse Mm -hmm. to hide those feelings, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Anything, when I felt, like, angry or upset, um, I would just start drinking. And then that led into taking pills, um, doing cocaine, and... Mostly, it was more drinking than anything, but there was times where the drugs went in more. So, you know, you tried to use that to numb the pain and to get rid of the guilt and the shame, Um, but did it ever work? No, I just got more angry. So you might can cover it up for a while, but eventually uh, you're going to have to face the things. And this goes for for anything, any any sin, any lifestyle that you choose. You might can cover it up and pretend like it's no big deal for a while. But eventually uh, you're going to have to face it. You're going to have to face that that guilt, that shame. Um because all of us, uh, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, unless you're just a complete reprobate and your heart is hardened, um, all of us have a soft spot somewhere. Mm-hmm. All of us have a place deep inside of us. Uh, you know, all the years that I tried to pretend that I was such a big tough guy, uh, even even then, um, you know, I had a a spot in me that I knew that the lifestyle that I was living was wrong. I knew that the things that I was doing was wrong. And, you know, those things played a big part in my drinking and my womanizing and my, you know, trying to add all kinds of stuff to get rid of the shame and guilt that I was feeling because I knew that deep down I was, I was wrong. And so <clears throat> knowing that I was wrong and knowing that I was living in sin, um, I just continued to stack all kinds of other sin on top of it, along with drinking and stuff like that to try to, to try to drown out the sound of the guilt and the shame. Uh, but there comes a time with all of us where we have to we have to face it and it's better when you face it and it's really hard if you try to do it without Jesus um but he can make it so much easier and he can take away all of the guilt all of the shame all of the condemnation um He can let you know that you're forgiven. 
and he will completely wash it away and forget it. Not just, not just forgive you of it, but actually forget it. And, you know, for you and for anyone else out there who has been in that situation, I want you to know that, you know, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You are born again. You are in Christ. There's no condemnation. The enemy might try to come and throw condemnation your way, but that's not from that's not from the Lord. And God is not condemning you. God has forgiven you, and God has actually forgotten your sin. Cast it as far as the east is from the west. So there's no need for you to continue carrying around that guilt and that shame. There's no need for you to allow it to hinder any part of your life anymore. Uh, know that you are forgiven and that Jesus loves you and he's got a great plan for your life. Do you have anything else before we close? Mm-hmm. Just make sure you forgive yourself. Um, and I also had to forgive the father, and that was hard. Um, because we can't just sit there and hate him if Jesus is going to forgive us. Mm-hmm. But also, um. If you're going to talk to somebody about abortion, make sure you do it lovingly. Um, Because if you come at it angry, they're just going to put their walls up and maybe never even open up. If they've already had an abortion, maybe they never will open up and ask for forgiveness or forgive themselves. Because like me, before... I'd just rather took it to my grave and nobody know. But just from the post that I made the other day, I've already had like two or three people come to me and tell me that they've been to the same situation and that I inspired them just to know that they're forgiven. Hmm. So praise the Lord. That is awesome. For anyone, I know uh, me and Chad discussed it last week, um, but I just want to throw these out again. Um, Psalm chapter 139, beginning at verse 13, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. That's that's talking about how the Lord sees a baby in the womb. Jeremiah chapter 1, beginning at verse 4, it says, 
Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God knows and already has a plan for each and every child, each and every baby uh, that is to be born, each and every baby in the womb. Uh, he already he already has a plan for that child. He knows the plan that he has for them and and what he has for them to do on this earth. And, uh, you know, I just want to encourage everybody, just just uh, seek the Lord. Um, and like Jonah said, if you have, if you have, uh, if you have repented of it, and you know that you are sincere, and you know that the Lord has forgiven you, the next step is to forgive yourself. And maybe there's some of you out there who have a testimony like Jonah's. And I would encourage you that the next step to healing is to start sharing it and watch that story touch others. So, anything else? No, I think so. Well, I thank you for doing this, and I know that it was very hard for you. It was very hard for you to come out of your shell. Shell, yes. <laughs> and especially for the first time here on the podcast to talk about something like this. Um, but I just know that it was the Lord, and I know that it's going to touch many people. So mm. thank you. All right, guys. We love you. If this blesses you, be sure to share it. Let everybody know about Wrestling for the Faith. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, prayer requests, or praise reports, uh, email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. We love you. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Don't forget to follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at CWLale underscore Gunner. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.